You are listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I am your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. Happy to have you guys here. It has definitely been a very busy last few days. If you are following along with me on social media, you know that I just launched a breast cancer long sleeve. It's pink. It's got the breast cancer symbol on the left-hand chest with my mom's initials. And then on the back, it's got the Alpha logo. And 100% of those proceeds are going to Believe Big, which is a amazing cancer organization. I really don't support many cancer organizations because of the fact that I know that that money is not one either going to helping the cause or it's not truly helping the root cause for cancer. And so that's just a really big reason that I'm very picky about donations that I support and I, and you know, that, that I would want my money to go to. And so a hundred percent of all donations for the shirts are going to be going, uh, or all the proceeds, excuse me, 100% of the proceeds are going to Believe Big. And so I have a really big goal in my mind. And so last Friday, I, I bought a shipping label printer because I was like, my schedule is already packed. And I'm like, how am I going to see patients, meet with remote clients, podcast, create content, and pack what I'm hoping to be is a lot of shirts because I have a big goal and I really want to send a good donation because I just, I really just so support them. And, you know, and I had quite a bit of interest when I had shared that I was doing this shirt, a lot of people voted. And so I was like, well, let me be a little conservative because I know that I'm sure some people are voting, but they won't buy a shirt. And so I don't want to be stuck with all these extra shirts. So I tried to get what I thought was right. And so last Friday I was trying to mess with the label printer and I swear to God, I spent Thank God I didn't have many people on the books that day because I feel like I spent six hours trying to mess with that stupid printer, but I we finally got it up and working. And so last night, uh, Nick and I were packing some of the shirts. I'm going to take a bunch of them to the post office today, and then I will probably make a post office run as I get a good batch of shirts. So hopefully we get some more orders in. I hope people aren't waiting um, just because I really would love to send that donation off by the end of the month, which is in a few weeks, about two weeks to the end of the month. So that's kind of what I'm having is like the tentative date. If people still want to purchase the shirts, I'll probably still have them on the website and I'll just send over donations, you know, in chunks, I guess, as they come, but I really, really, really would like to send a very substantial donation and I couldn't do that without you guys. And so thank you. If you are listening and you have gotten a shirt and it's probably going to be on its way to you soon. And, um, it just, it's, it's just as important to me for a lot of different reasons. Um, it's very cool to be able to obviously honor my mom and like have her name on that with my logo. And I know that she was just so proud of you know, my practice and she loved what it stood for. And she was such a huge, you know, advocate for being the alpha of her health. And like really, despite all the circumstances, like really taking charge of everything. And, you know, when she was diagnosed with it originally, it was like just incredibly gut wrenching. And then when she was diagnosed with stage four, like after chemo and everything, 
Like that was just incredibly, like most people I feel like would have just completely given up and just been like, oh my gosh, well, I'm just going to live my life and eat whatever and do whatever. And she honestly was just so incredibly strong and like did all the recommendations that I said. We, you know, it was just like incredible. Like she already cared so much about her health and like, we couldn't believe that this was happening to somebody who cared so much about their health, but like for her to just level up and truly be such an alpha and really take care of her health. And like, even when it got hard and when she really kind of, for lack of better words, started going downhill, like she still was doing the things that she needed to do. And, and I'm, I'm to this day, like truly incredibly inspired. Um, truly inspired by it told I did not anticipate to get choked up but like I really just I know that she's proud of me I know that she's proud of my brother I know that she's proud of us but I guess I never really said it out loud on how truly proud I am of her um throughout everything and you know that's I think why the shirt's so meaningful for me and like you know when I say to be the alpha of your health I'm not just saying that because my business name is alpha chiropractic I'm saying that because like that's truly what I embody and what she embodied. And so to have that on a shirt, to have her name there, to have that meaning, and then to also be able to really give back is just, it's amazing. And I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. And so I really can't thank you all enough who have gotten a shirt um, or will get you one because your cause is going to an amazing organization. Believe Big is amazing. They um, are not only huge advocates for helping people find root cause, uh, root cause, um, what's the word I'm looking for, practitioners, but they are also very, very big on um, really practicing what they preach. And that's why they're building a hospital out West and it's all on regenerative land. They're going to grow all of the things that they're going to feed the people. Um, and they're really, truly going to have like an integrative oncology clinic and really help people under like all under one roof have what exactly what you need. And so that's just, that's just truly incredible. I mean, they're doing amazing work. Um, so it's, it means a lot. So thank you guys. And like I said, so it's October 13th that this is airing. So the shirts, I'm hoping to place the big donation by the end of the month in October. But if you're listening to this month's past, I very, I might have some of the shirts still up on my website and I still will continue to send hundred percent of the proceeds over to donations. So if I, if there's any in stock, you can always go and check them out. Um, I, like I said, I ordered a limited amount and I won't restock at least this year. I hope hopefully I'll do something fun every year in terms of ways that we can kind of honor this good cause. So if they're there, you can check them out. You can go to drhaleyshoff.com slash shop and you can see what sizes are in stock, get yours, and then I'll send it out to you. So that's kind of what I've been very busy doing. Um, but I'm really, 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 well, actually, no, hold on. Before I get into that, I also want to sing your praises and one, I have to shout out an amazing message that I got on Sunday. I had to take it off my stories because everybody thought it was me. I had yet another remote client send me her pregnancy test that she was pregnant. She shout out to her because I know that she was getting discouraged and she was like, Oh, the only option that my doctors say that I have is to go to a fertility clinic. And I don't want to do that. I had issues with fertility, you know, with her other kids. And she's like, I really just want to do this the natural way. And we were able to do it when we supported her body. We, 
helped her body get to a point where she can ovulate and get pregnant. And so when I got that message, I shared it to my story and people were like, Oh my God, I thought that was you for a second. And I said, Nope, it's, it's not me. Not yet. So, but I'm just so, I mean, that's probably, I don't know, in the past few months, that's probably the fifth one that I've had just within the last month or so of someone who's actively been trying to get pregnant and, we've got, we've been able to do that. So wanted to sing her praises. And I also wanted to shout you guys out. This review on iTunes is from Tay D 24, five stars. This is life-changing content. So often we feel the pressure to change everything at once, but this podcast really encourages you to rec- encourages you to recognize it's a journey of continual self-improvement and doing even the small changes can put you on the path to being and feeling your best. I have never felt healthier, looked better, and had more energy than this in my life. Thank you, Dr. Haley. Thank you so much. Tay D 24. If you are listening to this, please send me an email with your mailing address. I would love to send you something for taking the time to write this awesome review. So if you could just send that again to drhaleyshoff at gmail.com, D-R-H-A-L-I-E-S-C-H-O-F-F at gmail. My email is also always in the show notes. You can check that out. So thank you guys. I, the reviews always, like I said, they always mean so much. So anyways, today's episode is with Autumn Smith, who is the founder and CEO of Paleo, Paleo Valley, which is an amazing, amazing company that is putting real food into real food in mind into all the products that they make. So they have amazing beef jerky sticks. Um, and the really interesting thing about beef jerky sticks as you guys will learn is most are made with encapsulated citric acid, which you will learn why that is so horrible in this episode. We dive into all of that. Um, I, I guarantee most beef sticks is I have that in there. I've checked multiple, most of them. And so there's dozen and they have amazing greens powder. Um, their beef sticks are great. We love taking them hiking. And I wanted to just say that if you guys listen to this episode and you feel empowered and you feel so inclined to support Paleo Valley, you can get 15% off with the link that is in the show notes. So head to the link in the show notes. If you can't access the show notes, if you just go to my Instagram, go to my link tree, scroll down, there's a 15% off discount link there that um, will get you 15% off all of their stuff. And honestly, I just... It was just so awesome speaking with her. She came kind of from a fitness background and was kind of like that. We kind of chatted a lot about how fitness doesn't equal wellness and like the bad habits that she had kind of with just being into aesthetics and not as much into health and that transition, how when she got into eating real food, how her health truly changed and how her bloating and digestive issues went away. And I just think that's amazing. And now that's something that her company really fully embodies because there's a like you guys hear me talk about in here. There's a lot of, honestly, for lack of better words, there's a lot of shitty companies who put a lot of just subpar and horrible ingredients in our food just to kind of try to get by. And the thing I guess I love most about Paleo Valley is they're not taking a shortcut. If anything, they're really going the extra mile to ensure that it's something that they feel comfortable about. And I love and choose the term like their ingredient snobs. And I love that because I think that we all should be, we all should, I mean, to, to whatever standard is right for us. Right. Um, but I just, I really loved this conversation and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. You guys can check out Paleo Valley, the link in the show notes and the link is in my Instagram as well. And, um, yeah, I think you guys are really going to love it. Enjoy. 
Autumn Smith, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. We've already had a lot of fun and it's just beginning. So I'm really excited about where this is going and just being here. So thanks. I know. I know we have a lot of fun stuff that we want to talk about. And I think one of the coolest things that from when the interviews that I've heard you in is kind of hearing your journey and how you really were in like this more like fitness, competitive athlete space and really how you've come to like the space of optimal wellness and how I always say this all the time, fitness does not equal health. And it's a big part of health in my opinion, but you, we can be like the most fit person, but we can still have all these issues. And so I think a lot of people will resonate with your story um, Mm -hmm. about you and what you had going on and kind of how you were able to kind of make that pivot and make that transition. So would you mind sharing a little bit about that, what that journey looked like for you? Absolutely. I think that was the biggest takeaway for me. Like you said, fitness does not always equal wellness. I've always been fit for sure. I was a ballerina. I was taught, you know, you don't just have to count calories, but the content of those calories is irrelevant and that you should smoke cigarettes. (laughs) I had some Russian ballet teachers who actually smoked cigarettes while we danced. And, you know, so just it can be, you can be fit and have a lot of unhealthy behaviors. And that is exactly what happened. I grew up a ballerina, like I said, and then in my teens, right before my teens, I started to develop some digestive issues. I was bloated after meals. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I'd have excruciating pain. I remember my mom taking me to the emergency room one time and them telling me that I just had gas, which was so embarrassing. And we went to all the doctors and they told me, well, you have irritable bowel syndrome and this is a stress-related condition. So go home and take some Gas-X and some Vino. There's not a lot we can do, manage your stress. And so as a young child, that's what I did. And it was, the symptoms were still so unpredictable and uh, it kind of started to make me anxious and depressed. And we now know there's this gut-brain connection, but we didn't at that time. And so when I got older, my mental health started to deteriorate as well as my digestive issues. So like I said, an eating disorder, uh, depression, anxiety, I was riding this roller coaster all day long, these highs, these lows. And then I, I decided because I couldn't figure out a pharmaceutical option, I tried a lot of different antidepressants, psychotherapy. My parents spared no expense. They were wonderful people. None of it worked for me. And then my life started to kind of become unmanageable and unpredictable and I felt helpless. And so I got into, you know, smoking drugs and alcohol. And I kind of continued along that path, just managing uh, until I got kicked out of my parents' house when I was a, before I even graduated high school. My life got really dark for a while. Fortunately, I still loved dance and I really had a passion for learning. So I went to college moved to Los Angeles eventually to dance professionally and met my husband. And that's kind of when my whole life changed because from the outside, I looked fit. I was keeping a job uh, and I was smiling. But when my husband really got to know me and moved in, he said, you are suffering. You're suffering in silence. I don't want this for you. Why is your stomach always looking like you're pregnant after work? And we went to doctors in Los Angeles who told me the same thing that I had irritable bowel syndrome. And it wasn't until he got online back in you know 2007, I found a few people were seeing improvements in their bloating and IBS symptoms with food. And at that time, it was a novel idea. And I didn't believe it'd be possible because of all that I'd been told. Food doesn't really matter. But we did. We adopted a whole foods diet for 30 days. And literally, my digestive symptoms went away completely. 
And over the course of the next year, I started to realize my mental health is a lot better too. I wasn't anxious anymore. I had this new stability and centeredness. And so I just became so passionate about that connection between food and mood and physical health that I decided to quit my job, even though it was awesome. I was working for Tracy Anderson as a fitness trainer. I was literally traveling the world, uh, training really cool, uh, talented people. But I thought, you know what? I have been fit my whole life but I hadn't been well and I wasn't thriving and I wanted to learn more about this piece between food and mood. And so I went back to school and we started our company because we wanted to meet people where they were. I knew I don't like to spend all my days in the kitchen preparing all my meals from scratch. And so I wanted to create the products that would help people to sustain a whole foods lifestyle, even if they didn't want to cook or they just had other ambitions too. I love that. I love that. So for you, when you were, when you kind of adopted this like whole food diet, what did your diet look like before? <laughs> well, as a, a ballerina, like I said, they told me that my, you know, you just had to keep your calories under a certain amount. And I'm very, someone who really likes the sweet stuff. I just mm -hmm. have, I've always liked sweet foods. And so I would have a significant portion of my calories from, you know, sometimes candy or these protein bars or, you know, anything that would kind of give me that sweet taste. I drank green machine. Those like oh green God. juices in the morning it had 50 grams of sugar in it. And that was like I something used to I drank that religiously. <laughs> me too. Every morning I drank it and no wonder by noon, I was like, Whoa, I feel like I just got hit by a truck because <laughs> my blood sugar was on a roller coaster. But you know, I didn't eat terribly, but a lot of pretzels, just a lot of wheat, a lot of cheese. I never really liked protein. So a lot of wheat, a lot of cheese, a lot of sugar, and a lot of sugary drinks and dried fruit and sugar-free foods and protein bars. Unfortunately, that was my diet, but I thought it was healthy at the time. Unfortunately, aside from the candy, I knew that wasn't healthy, but the rest of it I thought was totally fine. Apart from, so the digestive and mood and mental stuff, did you have any other issues? Like, did you have irregularities maybe with your period if you were counting calories too aggressively? Or like, I know you had mentioned offline that you had struggled with acne. Um, and I, I think it's always crazy that people are always kind of shocked when I say that all of these things literally all go together. And so did you have any of those, any other symptoms? Well, yeah, acne was a huge one for me. That was so, so depressing. Um, and I also, uh, what did you say right before that? The acne one and then? Um, issues with like your hormones or okay, regular periods. Yeah, I wanted to go into that because this was very interesting to me. I exercised about six hours a day working for wow. Tracy Anderson in a hot, heated room. And I just didn't eat a lot. I was drinking a little bit heavily. The funny thing is my period was regular, 28 days on the dial. I didn't have really crazy symptoms beforehand. And I know that for a lot of women that would absolutely create problems with their cycle. But for some reason, I seem to be one of those women who are able to kind of like push through or whose cycle stayed really regular for whatever reason. But I did have other symptoms, like I said, of a hormonal imbalance just with the acne. And, you know, that can be tied to insulin resistance, parasites, like we were talking, there can be a number of root cause factors there. So I'm sure that I do have, um, Hormonal dysregulation definitely had HPA axis dysfunction at that time. My stress oh, yeah. levels were off the charts, but 
in terms of my cycle, it was somehow regular. Wow. You're like a unicorn. <laughs> I know. I feel very, cause now that I work with a lot of people, I see cycle issues in a lot of them. And yeah, I never had heavy periods or anything like that. I probably have lighter periods than most people. Uh, mm-hmm. and they're not very long. This is maybe TMI, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, they have always been present despite, you know, wild swings in my, uh, activity levels and weight changes and muscle gain and loss. Yeah. Well, that's, that's definitely lucky. And I think some people are, you know, it kind of can go, I feel like either way, but you know, you had the bloating, you had the, most people don't live that life and get away totally scotch-free. Like there's some type of symptom that, that we notice. And so, I mean, you definitely had your fair share. And so I guess how soon, like, what are some immediate changes that like, or was it hard for you, I guess, to when you started eating whole foods to kind of get away from this paradigm of, for instance, like I, this is one that I struggle with for a lot of people. I try to get females that I work with to eat Brazil nuts. And some people are like, well, I'm not going to eat a Brazil nuts because like two of them is like 200 calories. And I'm like, it's not, it's not about the calories. (laughs) You know, it's so much more than that. And so I think when, when people sometimes see what I eat and like the, the, the steak and the butter and you know, all these different nuts and seeds or like different types of foods that otherwise would be quote higher calories, people start to panic a little bit. Did you have that or were you just all ready to, to dive right in? Well, it's funny because I think I wasn't eating super nutrient dense foods at all. And so I actually saw the opposite. I was like, whoa, I couldn't eat very much because I really liked like garlic naan or, you know, noodles and stuff. And so when I looked at the caloric content of those, I wasn't eating a lot of food at all. Or I was, you know, but when I saw, oh my goodness, look at all of this amazing food that I can have and I can actually feel full and satiated. It was actually really easy for me. I don't eat a lot of nuts because I know that it can be hard on the digestive tract. And so I I stick to like a handful of nuts a day, definitely Brazil nuts because of the selenium content. But I actually had the opposite. I didn't ever have a bias against meat and saturated fat because I didn't really study nutrition all that much growing up because I thought it was just a calorie thing. And typically like animal products aren't super high in calories. So because I wasn't really concerned with fat and I hadn't been in the dietary dogma for very long, I actually saw it as a very liberating approach because I immediately saw, it just seemed like I became less inflamed. I could eat more and I felt satisfied all the time. So it was actually the opposite for me. I think that's one of the biggest things is feeling satisfied or is when we eat, for instance, like those protein bars that, you know, we, I know we had chatted offline that you and I pretty much like both used to live off of. I could not stop myself from eating them because they tasted like a candy bar. I mean, it literally is a glorified candy bar ingredient wise anyways, just with protein. So, you know, when you eat these processed foods, our body is like continuously looking for nutrients. So we will continuously want to eat food. Like you can down a bag of chips because there's no nutrition in there. The body is just like, okay, we need, we need nutrients. So we're going to keep eating. Whereas like when you eat a plate full of whole foods, your body's going to tell you like, we got what we need. We are good. We are satisfied. It's so true. And I see that with people I work with. And even when I was on my processed food diet, I had to white knuckle it. Like I, you know, at a young age, at a young age, realized, you know, if you're going to be a dancer, you're going to have to watch your weight. And so sometimes you're just not going to be able to eat what you want or always eat 
um, a lot and feel satisfied, or at least that is the message that I received. And when I had processed foods and my blood sugar was going up and down, it was really hard some days. I was like, I am starving and my energy is tanking and my mood is terrible. But um, that was just part of being on that roller coaster. And then to today, I'm stable all day long and I eat until I'm hungry and then I stop. And it's given me that ability to come into contact with my intuition and actually get my body's feedback rather than having what I was eating kind of control the situation and, and starving myself or just not eating um, when I was hungry. It's given me back kind of like myself, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you totally are able to now be in in tune and in touch with like what actually feels good to your body. So when you kind of adopted this whole food diet, is that when you kind of started learning and educating yourself more on how to properly nourish and feel yourself? Absolutely. I was so disembodied. That's the term that I call for people who are, you know, living in their body, but not really in their body, often living in their head. They're, you know, counting calories and macros and, and not attuning themselves to their body's feedback at all. So it was this because I felt like I was always on that roller coaster and who's going to really listen to their body when their body is going up and down and all around all day long. But when I found that stability (laughs) from my blood sugar, I was then able to be like, okay, what's next? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can listen. I can eat mindfully. I can pay attention to the way that the different foods are affecting me, which is, I think, the royal road to a healthy and sustainable relationship with food. 1000% because so many things, calorie counting, macros, whatever, whatever diet, most of them aren't sustainable. So what is something that you can do day in, day out, years to come? I'm not going to be plugging all the food that I eat in my phone. Was macros helpful to kind of show portion wise? Yes. It It taught me nothing about what feels good for my body though, because I was just trying to hit a certain number every day. It had nothing to do with like what my body feels like it needed, what foods felt good for my body, because I didn't have a choice to change it up because I had to hit those numbers. It's helpful so you know like what pro what a serving of protein looks like, what a serving of carbs looks like, what a serving of fat looks like, yes. But like you said, what is sustainable and what is something that gives you that mind-body connection? And I say this all the time, we're so disconnected with our food. We're so disconnected where it comes from. We're disconnected, you know, in so many facets. Like I will post a picture of, you know, me prepping like ground liver and people just, well, they used to do the throw up face. And now people are like, now they see me do it. And there's like that connection of like, okay, something has to die in order for something else to live. This is something that's very incredibly nutrient dense. This is something how we add it in and like how the benefits that I've noticed and people are like, oh my gosh, how do I do that? Where do you get it? It's just crazy to see that paradigm shift of you know, now people are trying to have that connection. You know, I'm a huge advocate for going to your local farmer's market and knowing where your food is coming from and having that connection because otherwise you just open the package, you put it on your plate, you don't even think twice about it. You know, it's not even food at that point. Whereas I think so much of nutrition even starts with having a connection of where that nutrition even came from. And sometimes I think to myself, oh, maybe that sounds woo woo or, you know, whatever. But I think it's really, really important because that's how we got to where we are was having some form of connection with our food. A hundred percent. Yeah. Foods that come from nature, they're different. There's actually really interesting research going on. Dr. Fred Provenza. Have you heard of him? 
I have not. I love this guy. So he's looking at the phytonutrients or the nutrients that we don't typically measure, like carbs, proteins, and fat, and calcium, vitamin D, that you usually see on a nutrition label. He's looking at the phytonutrients that are like plant compounds, protective plant compounds, um, terpenes, and things like that, that in animal products change significantly depending on the way that they are fed. And he is showing that, or he is hypothesizing so far, that they are very important regulators of satiety. And so when an animal eats grass, you're going to have more of those plant compounds present, which is going to tell you when it's time to stop. Whereas if you're eating uh, beef from some a grain-fed cow, you're not going to have that same satiety signal. So those little nuances are really important. And it's also important to remember that most food manufacturers, they don't care about your health at all. Like they are not constructing products to benefit you. They are constructing products that will sell, that there will be a margin for, and that people will buy. And so really taking the time to understand the way different foods work for you, work against you, and where they are coming from is paramount to your uh, ability to navigate and find your perfect diet. Totally. And because everybody, every diet is going to look a little different for everybody, but I think in general, no matter what what someone's diet looks like, the least we can eat out of a, you know, a processed packaged food and more eat things that they occur in nature. I mean, that is, that is automatically going to be healthier. And I love that you had said, I mean, these food manufacturers, they take whatever shortcut, honestly, they can get, they're not looking, you know, Cheerios isn't looking for you to like have these amazing nutrient dense filled cereal, you know? And then I think of like all of these, I mean, fitness companies and just anything. I mean, look at the ingredients and like so many of these dyes are, you know, mixed with petroleum, natural and artificial flavors are just such a scapegoat in terms of like what chemicals they can add to make them palatable and make you honestly more addicted. I've talked a lot about this on my social media and I did a podcast two episodes ago from now or yeah, um, two or three. And I just talked about all these different ingredients and how, what they can be mixed with. And like, for instance, what's, well, I'll have you talk about the citric acid. Cause I, that you, you speak on that really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but they're, if they had our true health in mind, we would not be having all of these unnecessary additives in our food. And we wonder why we are so unhealthy as a nation, you know? Yeah. And the part about that that's unfair to me is that a lot of times these individual ingredients aren't labeled or the way that they're processed isn't made public. And so people could be reacting to something, one of these ingredients, and then have no idea because it's under the name of citric acid or natural flavors, which can contain, you know, hundreds of different things. And so I'm not ever trying to promote like a fear of food. I think you have to do what you can do with the best available options for you and your family. But what I am really passionate about is we just need people to know and to understand the food production system so then they can make the connections about why certain foods aren't working for them. Like, you know, the dyes and sometimes they're linked to hyperactivity. And even in Europe, they are actually labeled as such when mm-hmm. they're present but not in America or citric acid. Like you said, a lot of people see that on the label. It's one of the most common ingredients 
in the food supply and they think, oh, it's a lemon or it's a lime, but it's actually created from aspergillus mold um, and GMO corn a lot of times. And in, in a, a lot of people, there's one paper that showed at least four people had put like managed to make an association between their symptoms of digestive distress and inflammation and pain and citric acid in its manufactured form. And a lot of the people, when I talk about this, a lot of people have noticed the same thing. Citric acid, manufactured citric acid, rather than citric acid from lemons and limes, seems to impact them in a different way. And so, yeah, I don't think it's fair when we don't understand the process and when these labeling tactics can be really, really misleading. There's also an ingredient called encapsulated citric acid. This is used in a lot of meat products where, and this is actually why we created our beef sticks, because they took citric acid, like I just described, manufactured citric acid, and then they cover it in hydrogenated oil, often cottonseed oil, and then it just melts right into the product. And then it's just in there because it's a small amount and who cares, right? It doesn't matter. But for me, that mattered, you know? I have digestive issues. Yeah, it's a big deal. And right, one beef stick, if you eat it with encapsulated citric acid, maybe it doesn't do anything to you. But over time, if it's something that you're consuming enough and you're someone for whom you're se- or someone who is sensitive to any one of those ingredients, it's going to be a problem. And so that's my goal is just to educate people. This is what it is. This is how it's made. These are ingredients to watch. And yeah, that's why we're here. I totally agree. And I think that I say that all the time. I don't preach on, you know, teaching people about ingredients to like make you fear, make people fearful of food. That's not my goal. That's not my intention. That's not what I want at all. However, I do want people to know that like they might not be getting all that they think they might be getting, you know, you very, very well could be having other additives. And like you said, encapsulated citric acid, that is, and people know people like if you, if, well, if you follow me, I, the biggest thing I talk about is inflammatory vegetable oils. Yeah. There's, there's not, there might not be inflammatory vegetable or canola or cottonseed, soy, whatever oil on that product, but in the, these like kind of baseline like ingredients there very well could be underlying hidden ingredients it could be a plethora of different things yeah that's the problem because when you have used citric acid encapsulated citric acid which is the industry standard you only have to label it as citric acid and most people think yeah lemons limes natural no big deal but yeah they are still ingesting you know vegetable oils cottonseed oil uh, citric acid all hidden I think. And that's why I think is unfair about it. So I love that you're helping to spread the message. And I love that we're on the same page and not about making people fearful, just making people have the ability to have conformed consent or informed consent. Yeah. yeah. That's all I want. That's all I want yeah. for anybody, no matter what it is. I, I want everyone to understand like the risks and benefits they could have with literally anything, whether it's yeah. pharmaceutical, whether it's nutritional, whether it's seeing me as a chiropractor, whether it's the food that you eat, like that I just want you to know the risks and the benefits so that you can weigh your options. And unfortunately, in today's day and age, our consumer has to be incredibly educated because there's so much greenwashing and marketing at play that people truly, I, I truly do think that people want to do the best that they possibly can. I do think that most people want that. And so that's why I think that the work that we're doing is just so important so that we can kind of help guide them a little bit to make them better detectives. I saw a patient this morning and he said, you know, he's like, I feel like a psycho and, you know, the aisle of the grocery store constantly scanning everything over and then putting it back on the shelf. And he's like, he's like, I spent so much time in there. He's like, but I really can't 
like, I, I can't imagine not looking at it because my health is so much better being in a place of being mindful of ingredients. And I totally agree. And I'm, I'm the same with my journey. And, you know, I, I think it's so, so important. And it's just, it's just frustrating. And that's the reason that I think that companies like yours are going to truly boom and be so successful because I think that people want transparency. People want to know what, what's in the food that they're eating. Like, that's it. If you know, these, I think it's great that there are companies like yours making, you know, convenience options for people that are healthy, sustainable, good ingredients. And you're transparent. Like you're not trying to hide anything. You're not trying to like be sneaky about an ingredient. Like you just, and you, you, like you had said about your beef sticks, which I'd love for you to talk about. A lot of times you're doing things like way above and beyond (laughs) anybody else so that you just know that you're, you're ethically putting out a phenomenal product. So will you actually, will you talk a little bit about how you guys do your beef sticks and how that's different? Because most other jerkies you said use citric acid or encapsulated citric acid. Yeah. Oh, I would love to. And first I just want to say (laughs) that when you're picking out like a product, I used to fall into the trap of reading all of the good stuff on the front, you know, the highlights, low fat, you know, um, no sugar or whatever, but just know that that's like, the version of a person you're going to meet on the first date. And what you really need to do is turn it over. And like, like she's saying, look through those ingredients. Often the more ingredients the product has, the less ingredients you can pronounce, the more you kind of want to stay away from the food. And also, I just want to say there is no shame in this day and age of being a little high maintenance around your food. We always post this meme on Instagram and it's like, Oh, I'm so low maintenance, but also is your fish wild? Is it gluten free? I mean, what kind of oil are you cooking that with? And I used to pride myself on being so easygoing and oh it's I just you know I kind of go with the flow and then when I saw that difference of what it can mean to advocate for myself and just to be a little invested like it was uh it was a quick turnaround and I still stand by being a little high maintenance I think it's a good thing actually so it is a good thing yes I I, I in general am such a low-key person I'm I really am but I actually made a I made a reel about this last week it's like it was, oh, I'm super easy. I'm super low maintenance. And then it's like pause. And it's like, wait, is this water filtered? Or like, is there vegetable oils in this? Or like, is there, is there artificial fragrance? I'm like, but, but there were so many people that related to it because I think that that's just generally where the trend is going. Or maybe that's just the people that I attract, but it's so incredibly important to just care about your health. Like, I think it's really cool to like care about what you're doing, what you're putting in on and around your body. Like I see that as the ultimate form of self-care. Agreed. And there's this quote that I love that I'm totally going to butcher, but the idea is still the same that when you have health, you have a thousand wishes. And when you don't have health, you have one. And I really like that because it just speaks to the power when you experience this contrast of not feeling good and feeling good, you realize it's, it's totally worth it. And it's a great, so I love that you're with me. (laughs) I no, I do. And so I know I'm going to get a lot of questions on this because I get this question sometimes with natural flavors. If they say, okay, what if it says natural, like vanilla flavor? Like that's to me more transparent than just saying natural flavors. Like if you're saying like what the actual natural flavor is coming from, I'm personally okay with that. So for, well, depending, you know, depending on their transparency, but for citric acid, how would we know if it's coming from a lemon or lime? Oh, I love that. Um, you can pretty much be sure that it's not in this day and age. Now, I think it was in the 70s, maybe even before that, 
I think like 95% of the world's citric acid is made via this process with aspergillus okay. gold and citric acid. Uh, and that's just because, you know, people will say, oh, well, we want to spare the lemons and limes and we, this is actually a good idea. But I think what it boils down to, it's, it's cheap, <laughs> right? And yeah. so, and if a company isn't made aware of that, like there's not a lot of holistic nutritionists or nutritionists in general running food companies, unfortunately. And so I don't think that people have an ill intent um, when they put it in there. I just don't think they understand that for more sensitive people and just, uh, you know, certain people are going to react to that ingredient and not want to have those ingredients in their bodies. So um, I, I think you need to call the company. I do this all the time and I'm a food do manufacturer. You? super nerd, but, but yeah. And I think that's so powerful because what we need to understand is these people making the food, they are not in charge. We are in charge. They're responding to what we are demanding and we are putting little things on their radar. Like when we get customer service tickets, we meet every week and we say, okay, what are the concerns that our customers are having? They're educating us about what matters to them. And so you can do that. I mean, if it's important to you and you really want to understand what's in your food and you love a brand, call them. See how willing they are to answer your questions. We will answer all of them at our company because we always prioritize health over profit. But if a company isn't so willing to do the same, then maybe it's not a company you want to support. I love that. That's it. Like you said, we can truly vote with our dollar. We can decide what the change that we would like to see. And that's something that I constantly try to ingrain in people that I work with, people on social media, and just a big message that I preach is like, we live in a time where we can make the choices. It doesn't sometimes feel like we can all the time. But like you said, if we don't agree with a company, we can call and ask. And if they aren't transparent, or if it's not good enough for us, we don't choose to support. And enough people, if enough people do that, like, look at these companies that have changed and pivoted and taken things out. Mm -hmm. Look at even like, for instance, like, you know, uh, shampoo and conditioner. So many of them are coming out, even these toxic ones that are like, Hey, we're sulfate and paraben and phthalate free. And it's like, okay, the, there's still a lot of other products <laughs> that aren't great in there, but like they heard people who wanted better and like, they at least made that change. You know what I mean? So think of that kind of happening across the whole industry, whether it's food or personal care products or, you know, whatever. I think, I think that's so, so important. Yeah. And I always, I've heard this, that you have three votes as to what you will tolerate in the food system every day, at least three. And that's just your meals. You are saying when you're eating that, okay, I am supporting this person, this company, these practices, uh, and you're essentially consenting to them. Now, I know sometimes you don't have, you can't always have perfect quality food all the time. And I get that. But just taking the time to educate yourself and making the decisions when you have an array of options that are in alignment with your integrity and what matters to you, that's how we're going to move the needle eventually. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I could not agree more. And so I love to hear about how you guys are helping to change the industry for the better. And so what are some, so for instance, kind of going back to how you guys do your beef sticks. So what is different about that process than maybe the other companies where I'm sure they're not using high quality meat and I'm sure they're using encapsulated citric acid and all of these, all of these other things. So let's sing your praises because you guys, I think it's so important to praise companies who are going the extra mile and doing it for our health. 
Oh, well, thank you. And sorry, that was a little tangent I went back back on or on. Back. No, no, it's so important. <laughs> okay. And so our beef sticks, they're different for a lot of reasons. And know that we are known as the ingredient snobs. And I don't love the word snob because I think it's like elitist. And But you know what I'm, we are very, uh, we pay a lot of attention to detail. So we support American regenerative farms with all of our beef sticks. And that's different because it's not like organic agriculture necessarily. It's agriculture that is looking at ecological outcomes like is what we're doing to the soil improving the fertility of the soil the health of the soil is the soil able to sequester more carbon because of the practices that we're using so we only source our beef from american regenerative farms that's one thing like you said encapsulation so so important is I know and because we wanted to really create a demand in America because a lot of times what we were noticing before is people were uh, bringing in meat from New Zealand and Australia that was grass-fed but I think America's microbiome and, and soil it also needs the opportunity to heal. And growing up in Montana, I know a lot of farmers and ranchers who just need incentive to make yep. this giant transition to regenerative practices. And when they don't have demand, it's a very scary task because you're kind of yeah. pushing against the system. And so, yeah, uh, growing up in Montana, I think gave me a real special heart and passion for that as my husband is just so passionate about regenerative agriculture as well. I think it, you know, with the global warming and its ability to literally put carbon out of the atmosphere and back where it belongs. Uh, it's, it's amazing. So yeah, we wanted to create demand there. And uh, of course, citric acid, like you said, we ferment them instead. Love Almost that. Because citric no acid is more of a preservative. It's exactly what it does. So citric acid, essentially, what it does is it drops the pH right of the product so that it can become shelf stable and mm. the same thing can be accomplished via fermentation which is actually what our ancestors did the problem is it just takes a lot longer it takes like four times longer that's why it took a really long time for us to even find a manufacturer willing to do that process uh, but we did and they're still with us and so the cool thing about fermentation is you're just adding a starter, starter culture and the dextrose and then the bacteria are actually consuming the dextrose so though you see it on the label you won't see any in the final product which is why we don't you won't see you might see a little bit but that's why we have zero grams of carbs in the final product because that bacteria is using that and then they're producing acids which drops the ph in a different way though equally as effective way and can yield probiotics and so the fermented component is very different and then the absolute we don't add anything other than organic spices i check out meat sticks at the store the other day because we're going to film an ad MSG, mechanically separated chicken, corn syrup solids, sugar. I mean, just, I don't understand MSG. Why, why does all of this belong in a beef stick? If the beef's really good quality and you're processing it and preserving it right, uh, then it just tastes delicious on its own. And so we have five flavors right now, uh, an original, which is like smoky and a peppery and a jalapeno, which has a little bite at the end, but not too much. And then a summer sausage, a garlic summer sausage. And a sweet one, a teriyaki one with this made with a little bit of honey. And that's for our um, our little kids. Love that one a lot. And we also do turkey stuff. So when it comes to poultry, the same thing. There's free range. And, you know, most people think that that means that they're or cage free, that they're out on pasture, eating worms and living the good life. But what it often means is they're still in huge warehouses. And there's just a door that they could if they wanted to go outside. Um, they could access outdoors, but they're not necessarily being raised there. And it's really hard to find pastured chicken and turkey 
really hard. There's only a few companies who do it really, really well, or according to our standards, at least. I know there's a lot of people making turkey that's it's good and tastes good in chicken, but according to our pastured, uh, more regenerative standards. And so we do that with the turkey sticks that come in crayon, um, a turkey crayon, and then also just a, an original as well. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's like you had kind of mentioned with the regenerative ag, like you said, if we kind of put a demand out for it. When I started learning, I mean, Rob Wolf and Diana Rogers book, Sacred Cow is like a must read for anybody who's interested in how we can sustainably make food and be in it, have it be good for the planet. And I, I interviewed Anya Fernald for the podcast and she's um, the CEO of Belcampo. And it just, it's, it's so crazy when you learn the positive health benefits and the positive benefits to the ecosystem, the, mm soil. I mean, you drive past all these farms and it's like their soils, like the color of like sand. It's not, it, and it's supposed to be almost black. Yeah, we are so far. Yeah. We're so far from like, the nutrient density of the soil. And think about it, the more nutrient dense the soil is, the more nutrient dense the food that comes from the soil is. So it is a, it is truly a cycle. Whether people choose to eat meat or not, if they want veggies grown with like the highest amount of nutrition, we need better soil. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. And better soil. People are like, Oh, well, what does that even mean? Like you said, a nutrient density in the soil. And, and it's not even so much that the, there's more nutrients in the soil. It's that the biology, the bacteria and the fungi that like give the plants the access to the minerals that is intact. So yeah, you have more nutrient dense food. The other thing, you know, bringing carbon out of the atmosphere, that's a pretty big deal. We can do that with regenerative agriculture as well. And the one that I think people don't understand often enough is like droughts and floods are also Mm -hmm. related to the ability of the soil to take up water. So you see a lot of flooding because this soil biology has been destroyed. And so rather than seeping into it and going and replenishing our aquifers and whatever, it is just running off and we are losing that water. But when you put these regenerative agricultural practices into place, you'll see it seeps in and actually the soil holds onto it. And so both mm-hmm. droughts and floods um, are reduced that way too. So important. And I, I love that you guys, that you do that and you source it here in the U.S. That's because yeah. like you said, a lot of places do just go to New Zealand, um, but doing it here in America, like you said, creates that incentive. Yes. And there's a lot of farmers and ranchers wanting to do it here, which is why, you know, we have a second company, Wild Pastures, and that's just the meat delivery service. And so we've just partnered with all of those people uh, who are ready to make this change. Interesting story is our uh, pig farmer, actually, who works with us, his dad and him, they were GMO seed salesmen back in the day. And his father developed Parkinson's when he was 40. He suspects it's because of the exposure to the levels of pesticides. And so it's become his mission to replenish and restore our soil. And he's actually working with Yale right now um, to create a study around agroforestry and what happens when we even put trees out there where the pigs are feeding and and, um, just how can we maximize the potential of our agricultural practices to replenish the earth and so really exciting stuff. We are very passionate about it, clearly. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. And so you guys go above and beyond for so many reasons, the regenerative ag, the fermentation. I mean, time is money in business, and that takes four times as long. Mm-hmm. That's amazing that you do that. And so I'm assuming, are there probiotic benefits with that? 
Yeah, you know, here's the thing. When we initially tested our product, there were probiotics present, and it was uh, Bacillus, sub, no, Pumilus. Yep, Bacillus Pumilus. Now, subsequently, we have run a test, a DNA test, and there wasn't probiotic content. We're guessing this is because the water activity had to be reduced because we were getting a lot of bloated sticks way back when we initially uh, opened up the company. But I want to be transparent about that. I cannot guarantee that there are probiotics in there. There might be. Last time we tested, there weren't, but we've also had a test before that there were. But what I can say is, it's probably going to be easier on the digestive tract and it's definitely not going to contain encapsulated citric acid. Awesome. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Love that. So your company, Paleo Valley, what is, so also talk a little bit about, um, the protein bars that you made and how those are a little different than um, the protein bars that you used to consume back in the day. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, because most of them were actually just carbohydrate bars or they had low level, you know, low quality sources of protein, in my opinion, soy protein, which we know is not ideal for certain people and can lead to hormonal stuff. Even egg white protein. I, a, I don't love it because there was a study that showed it actually made you feel hungrier. And then yeah. you, you don't know the source of the eggs and how they were raised. And that kind of bothered me. So what I wanted to create was a balanced superfood bar that had, you know, all organic ingredients and grass fed collagen powder, which is actually bone broth essentially, or just bones cooked down um, to create the protein source that didn't have refined sugar. And that was not only balanced in terms of its pro- or, uh, protein and carbohydrate content, but that actually provided other superfoods like acerola cherry and some spirulina. And so you weren't just getting the gluten-free, sugar-free, you were actually receiving nutrients and you were not having something that put your blood sugar on a roller coaster. And if anyone's unfamiliar with collagen and the benefits of bone broth, there are so many. And a lot of times we are consuming, over-consuming muscle meat and missing this important balancing nutrient profile of collagen, which some people believe is, is like a fountain of youth. And so we have about nine grams of collagen protein. Actually, maybe some, some is coming from the almond butter. So maybe like seven to eight, and then a little bit from the almonds and the cashews and yeah, just whole foods, organical foods, grass fed bone broth, protein powder, and that's it. None of the junk. None of the junk. I love that. And you guys have a uh, grass fed bone broth protein powder as well. Yeah. Yeah. So first I just want to say for the bars, we have chocolate and apple and a really great lemon flavor and a red velvet cake coming out. And yeah, the bone broth protein powder. The reason we did that was because when, when we wanted to find just for our own personal use, a collagen, we'd call all the suppliers because we're nerdy like that and we think it matters. And so what we were finding is that these companies were making grass fed bone broth protein powder, but they were also giving them grains at the end of their life, which for us, it was like, okay, well, you know, every cow is grass fed. So that's really not saying much about the practices. And then a lot of times they're heavily processed um, and they're taken from the hides and the bones or the hooves of the animal rather than the bones. And if you boil down the bones, you're going to get nutrients in addition to the collagen. And so we wanted to just kind of simplify that and only make it from grass fed, grass finished bones and water and just none of the other junk or extensive processing. So we have that powder as well and you can just stir it and it kind of blends nicely into water. We're actually coming out with some flavored versions soon. We've got a lot of stuff going on over here. Yeah, you guys do have a lot of stuff going on. It's amazing. I don't know how you keep up with all of it. 
because it's definitely, I feel like harder and more time consuming to be doing the right thing, which you guys are obviously doing, but you guys continue to just level up and create new products. And, you know, I know you've got like these sister companies and these different kind of things in the works, like you were telling me, which is amazing. So can you tell everybody where they can find you, find like get all of this amazing stuff? Um, because we, like I said, we need to vote with our dollar. And I think that's incredibly important. Oh, well, thank you so much for being as passionate about this as you are. I, I love to connect with people like you and I, I'm just so appreciative for your support. So you guys can all come to paleovalley.com. Or if you're more into, oh, I want to meat delivery service that's only sort of from regenerative American farms, that's wildpastures.com. We've got Instagram. We've got Facebook on both accounts. And you can also reach out to me personally at autumnatpaleovalley.com. I answer all your questions and any sort of feedback I, I value. So you can reach out to me any of those ways. That's amazing. I love the memes that you guys post on Paleo Valley. The ingredient ones always get me. And I love that you guys are talking about that because it's important for companies to make people, I, I think the awareness around it is just so, so, so important. And I love that you guys are doing that. So I can't wait to stock up on some awesome goodies and I hope that everybody else does. So thank you so much for being so generous with your time, really coming to educate. And like, I hope the listeners can just hear the passion that you have behind what you do. And I think that's truly why such amazing things will happen for you and the company because you have passion behind it and you're you have in your story. And it's just, I think that truly is so amazing. Well, thank you. Like I said, it is wonderful to connect with you. I'm so appreciative of your support and so grateful that you're out there in the world doing your important work too. We need more practitioners like you and people with your heart. So thank you for having me here. Of course.